Let's see, who do I address on this week's Thanksgiving episode of I Said No, the podcast? I think I'm going to start with saying I'm excited for those who are happy about the holidays. Those who would get excited about tradition, I'm happy that your traditional needs will be getting met starting this week. I will get back to you, though, because first I want to talk to those who dread the holiday season, who dread Thanksgiving, who dread the macaroni and the cheese and the mess, who dread the cocky and the crazy, who dread family time and connection, those who are in mourning, who are missing someone. I also want to address those who create the mess. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Who create the collard greens and the and the crazy. Yeah, I want to I wanna address you because those of you who create atmospheres of toxicity and address it and mask it and wrap it in the name of family and tradition, mm-hmm, I think I'm going to come for you first. Are you ready for the new episode of ISN Pod? Let's go. Beautiful soul unicorns. No, 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 no. Nope. It's Stephanie, the life architect. Oh, hell no. How about no? No, 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 no. Hell no. Hashtag ISN Pod. Saints, sinners, unicorns, beautiful souls, and all soul family members. Hello, hola, welcome back to another episode of ISN Pod. I am your righteous ratchet queen, mm-hmm. mother unicorn as they call me, Stephanie the Life Architect. I got a few AKAs and I am here, honey. I am here to be before you, not for long, because I know you have things to do. Some of you are cooking, some of you are shopping, some of you are sitting down waiting to be served and not contributing at all. Mm-hmm. We gonna talk about and sue you soon. And some of you are just doing what you normally do, preparing for another Thursday or preparing for Thanksgiving. Any way you want to see it is all right with me. How are you, my loves? How are you? How's your soul doing? How's your happiness doing? How's your joy doing? How's your pleasure doing? How is your sanity doing in this very moment? Let's take a moment. Think about it. How is everything for you right now? If everything is great, I'm happy for you. If everything isn't great, I am still happy for you. Why? Because you were chosen to learn a lesson. Mm-hmm. You were chosen to learn something. If the lesson still is coming to you, if it is a repetitive one, that means you have yet to pick up what the lesson is putting down. So if you are not feeling happy or joyous today, I understand. I am with you. This is not my emotional best season either. My seasonal affective disorder is in full swing. And whether you suffer from that or not, If you are just not feeling the festivities, the Thanksgiving mood, the winter mood, if it's too cold and too dark for you, I am here to let you know that that is okay. And if this is your season, you love the cold, you love it and you thrive and you love the snow and you love skiing and you love being outdoors and you love that brisk, sharp wind hitting your face, I am happy for you as well. Though that is not my ministry, no, no. Though that is not my song of Solomon, I am happy that it is yours for you. So I say all that to say whatever space you are in, you're safe here. Yes, you are always safe here on I Said No, the podcast. Let's do a boundaries check. What have you said no to lately in order for you to be able to say yes to the things that serve you? What have you put a stop to? in order to open up the floodgates of abundance. I want to know, tell me, what has been going on with your boundaries? You know, a lot of you have been sending me DMs and screenshots and little snippets and snaps of moments of boundaries. And I am so proud of you for setting them. I know it's not easy. I know it's not. That's why I'm taking your feedback to heart. Last episode, I asked you, If you thought it was a good idea for me to add the facilitation of no boundary setting conversations to my service list and an overwhelming, an overwhelming response came from you of hell yes, hell to the yes, yes. So in 2019, I will be adding conversation facilitation, boundary conversation facilitation of no 
of setting boundaries, healthy boundaries for people in your life to my service list. It will be probably the same price as my coaching conversations, which you can see on my website. That is blcny.org. And you can click services and pricing and you can see all of the things that I do. And I will add that to it and we will vibe out phone or virtual video conference. We can use my Zoom, my Skype. We can have a boundary setting conversation in a personal room, in a virtual personal room or on the phone. I opted out of the live as of now because you know what? My husband had a great moment in his judgment. He said, I'm not trying to have you out here without a bodyguard telling so helping somebody say no to somebody and they pop off and you're in someone's home or you're in someone's space where it's dangerous for you. I love it when a man got your back. I love it when a man is thinking about you, thinking about your safety, nurturing your soul. I'm blessed to have that. And he said, absolutely not. So as of now, that will be, like most of my coaching, a virtual video option and a phone option. I will help you facilitate those no boundary setting conversations. We will have a preliminary conversation, sure, to let you know me know what you want to say no about and set the intention of why you're saying no. Because saying no is not just it. It's about why you're saying no. What is the purpose? What is the point? What is your intention? What is your goal with setting this boundary? What is the outcome you would like to uh, achieve? And if that outcome doesn't happen, what is the worst case scenario, right? So we're going to have a preliminary conversation about your no and the boundary you'd like to set and why you, why now, why book me to help you set it. And then we'll go into setting it and facilitate that call and that video conference together. With that said, the holiday season is a triggering one for many. And as soon as the first piece of Halloween candy is eaten, for me, I know that busy season for self-help is in full effect. Okay, so therapists, counselors, coaches, we are all on high alert come November 1st, pretty much through the summertime until the warm weather hits and stays around, not only because of seasonal affective disorder for those who do have it, whether you have been diagnosed with it or not, Google it, SAD, it's the SADS. Um, It is just a fact that winter and the cold and dark months bring something to us that some of us can't even control, understand, or define. It is known that hibernation does something to one's soul. Lack of sunlight, lack of air, lack of connection does something to the soul and the spirit. So that alone has our phones and emails going crazy. And then you add the pressures of the holiday season. Then you add the grief of the holiday season. Then you add normal life stuff that happens indoors when you're cohabitating or not, if you're lonely and you're home alone, or you're with someone because you can be lonely with people around. Uh Uh-huh, you can be lonely with people around. I said you can be lonely when people are around because there's a difference between being alone and lonely people. There is a difference between being alone and lonely. You can be lonely with a room full of 100 people, but when you are alone, you are absent of someone's company. You are with yourself by yourself, okay? There is a difference. So either way, a lot of those things add to the winter stress. When you're indoors more versus out and these kids are driving you crazy, this man, this woman, this pet is driving you crazy because you're spending more time in a confined space together, that adds to the winter blues. So when you put all of that in a blender, and then you throw the holidays on top, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know if I'm ready for this. So by popular demand, many people asked me to make sure that I come back and talk about the pressures of the holiday season. And this is just going to be a brief part one of that because we do have Christmas and New Year's also upcoming. So let's just focus on Thanksgiving for now, that gobble gobble, the turkey time. What do you feel? about Thanksgiving? How do you define Thanksgiving? What does Thanksgiving mean to you? Do you have a meaning for Thanksgiving? Do you know the actual origin of Thanksgiving? Are you fully aware of how Thanksgiving originated for the Native Americans? Do you understand the colonization that happened? Do you understand that Thanksgiving was technically not about overeating and gorging and indulging. It was really a day of fasting and thankful prayer to the Lord. Do you know that? Do your Googles. 
Do your Googles. Do you know that Thanksgiving is not a festive time for many? I mentioned grief. Thanksgiving for many people, including the Native Americans, where they tell us this story in school that the pilgrims and the Native Americans shared corn and they sat together and life was great and they just merged and everything was fine. Do your Googles. Do your Googles. It's a day of mourning for many people. Many colonizers have their hand over many of the things that we celebrate. They change the story and change the narrative. Actually, I believe Abe Lincoln, President Abe Lincoln, is the reason we celebrate um, Thanksgiving as a national holiday. He made it a national holiday in, in in attempts to erase the colonization aspects of it. And it worked because here we are in 2018. How long ago was Abe Lincoln president? And we're still thinking that it's a day of feasting and celebration and togetherness when people actually were slaughtered, right? But if you don't care about that, that's okay too. If you don't know the origin and you don't want to know the origin, if you want to keep the agreement that was passed down to you, that's okay. I'm not here to judge you for that. I really am not. It's none of my business if you don't want to know what you're celebrating. I do want you to be aware, okay, that you don't have to continuously keep someone else's agreement if you don't want to. And we'll get into that eventually. We'll get into boundary setting for the holiday season as far as changing what the tradition is for you and your family. Speaking of tradition, do you know the definition of tradition? If you don't, I'm here to tell you, don't worry, don't pick up your phone. I got it. I got it. You don't got to Google it. I'm going to tell you that the definition of tradition is the transmission of customs or beliefs from generation to generation or the fact of being passed on in this way. So like I said, an agreement, a tradition and an agreement, they're similar. Something that is given to you that is passed on. And my issue with traditions and agreements is no one questions the traditions and the agreements. We're just doing it because mommy said so, because her mommy said so, because Awela said so, because big mama said so. We're just doing it because that's what they've always done. And if, again, that's what you want to do, cool with you. But the type of I said no rebel that I am, the type of soul that I am, I'm just not comfortable doing what people tell me to do just because they told me to do it. There is a sense of trust that goes with that. Why would my mother lie to me? Or why would my grandmother? Or why would my father? Why would my big sister? Or why would whomever that raised me or grew up with me give me something? That wouldn't benefit me. Most of the times that's because they don't know what the origin is. They're just giving it to you because it was given to them. And I'm okay with that if you're okay with that in your life. But for me and my life and for me and most of my soul family, we like to peel the onion layers away. We are inquisitive. We like to dissect. We want to know why you're asking us to do what we're doing. We want to know why our precious time is asked to be given towards this. So with that said, Again, what do traditions mean to you? What do Thanksgiving traditions mean to you? Do they mean anything? Do they mean everything? Is it what you wait for all year long? You know, because some of you are so excited. Some of you go to the Christmas store all year long. Some of you eat turkey all year long. Some of you love the cranberry sauce, no matter what time it is. Some of you are so high off tradition right now. And I'm very happy for you guys. I really am. I see some of you and your stories on Instagram and some of you posting and you're just coming alive because this is your season. And we need people like you. We need people who just love the tradition. We do. I celebrate you. We need people who don't have a rhyme or reason, who don't want to know the history. And even if they know the history, they're okay because that was then and they're focused on being present in the now. They love the nostalgic feeling that Thanksgiving and the holiday season gives them. Kudos to you for being that being for being someone who is in a celebratory mood, no matter what the season is, especially in this dark, heavy season. We need you. We need people like you to remind us that there are people like you out there who love to love what we don't love. And that's okay. That's the beauty of life, that we can be on opposite ends and still respect each other and agree to disagree. Okay? We can agree to disagree. You ain't got to agree to be with me. No, you ain't got to agree to be with me. And I don't have to agree to be with you. So again, for those of you who are into passing down the customs and belief from generation to generation without question, do you. But do me a favor. When you got people like me and your family who want to question the tradition and say, why are we doing this? Why are we spending so much money in this supermarket? Why is everybody here? 
Why do your sister's kids got to spend the night every fucking year? Why are y'all so drunk? Who is high? Why we got to fight? Why you got to pass on the macaroni and the cheese and the mess? Why we got to have the potato salad and the pain? Why we got to have the collard greens and the chaos? Why? Why? Or if there's no chaos, why do I have to eat the same leftovers for 10 days? Like just because you cooked all of that doesn't mean that I want it. Why do I have to be here around all these people? What if I don't want to be around uncle? What if Titi makes me sick? What if she cool? I just don't want to be here with her all damn day. What if I don't want to cha-cha side in the living room? What if I don't want to be nice to my cousins? What if I don't want to share my video games? What if I don't want them smoking in my room? What if I want to smoke in my room without them? What about if I don't want to be the cousin that has to go to the store and pick up some goddamn napkins? What about you don't judge me if we decide to quote unquote go to the store, which means we're going to go smoke weed and we don't want you to judge us for smelling like a whole bunch of weed when we come back. What if I question everything that happens here and take it past there? What if I question it and one day decide I don't want to be bothered with it? What does that say to you? about my boundary setting for your traditions. Hmm? What does it say to the cook who never gets help in the kitchen? What does it say to the cook and the person who purchases everything that doesn't hear from everybody all year long, but they get a knock on their door talking about what what you do, cousin? Hi, big mama. You cooking this year? But you don't hear from me all year long. What is it about the tradition? of being together on this one day that matters so much. I'll tell you this. I remember when I started to have my boundary setting moments when it came to the holidays about 2000. Mm-hmm. No, like 2010, I'm going too far back. About 2010, I started to question why did we have to do this? And it started to dawn on me that if we were closer throughout the year, throughout a regular old year, how about we get together on a Thursday in March just randomly? I started to realize that because most families are actually separated throughout the year, they put an emphasis, an emphasis, a strong emphasis on these holidays, especially when social media came to play in the late uh, 2000s, because you got to then see what other families were doing. And it fed into your narrative of, I want what they have. This is what family's supposed to be like. My kids are supposed to be here. We're supposed to be getting along. We're supposed to have the carols a crackle, uh, singing and the fireworks are crackling. We don't even have a fireplace and we're supposed to have some fireworks and fireplaces are crackling. We in the projects. I mean, you trying to make us go and call 911. What you trying to do by comparing everybody to us on social media and vice versa? I noticed a shift with the forcing of tradition more so because of social media when it came into play, right? And so one day I asked my mom, why is it that you are so annoyed that I don't want to show up? I want to get on a plane and I want to go to an island. And I convinced my husband to do so a few years ago. And he was resistant because he was bred in tradition as well, which again, nothing wrong with tradition, but it's okay to start your own and new traditions. And I wanted to go to Jamaica. I wanted to go back to where we got married. I love Jamaica. It's one of my favorite places. I've been several times and I just wanted to do something different. I had had a rough year that year and I wasn't interested in eating one more piece of turkey or you know having the traditional things happen and he reluctantly agreed at first but when we got there and we are laying literally in the water beach chairs in the water 85 90 degrees being served at an all-inclusive adult only four-star resort uh he turned to me and clicked his glass with mine and said this is the best idea you've had in a long time and I'm sorry for being so resistant to it because I was so scared of what my mom, your mom, our families would feel, because they did feel it, with us not being there to do what we normally do. And I appreciated his candor and his honesty, but I had to let him know that when you get married, I am your immediate family now. Oh, don't make me pull up the Bible, honey. Don't make me pull up the receipts, okay? I am your immediate family now, and your family doesn't fade away. They just prioritize differently. They rank differently and we needed to reconnect we need to create our own traditions and because we're a kidless couple people expect us to abide by their traditions all the time and I refuse I say no I said no for both of us until he came along and said no too and it helped us connect in a different way 
And I asked my mom why she was so resistant to that. And to me, after that, after that trip, um, still deciding not to come over or cook my own or just forego Thanksgiving in general. Like I'm cool with going to the Cheesecake Factory for Thanksgiving. Like I, I, I didn't need after 30 plus years of having collard greens and cornbread and coquito and, you know, the typical fixings. I was OK with having something different. And we had the conversation. And as usual, my brilliant mother is always candid and honest. And she said, you know, for me, the holidays was magical. My childhood was hard. It was full of abuse. And during the holidays, my abuse was on pause. During Thanksgiving, everybody wasn't angry. Everybody was happy and full and drunk or high or whatever, but everybody was dancing. It was salsa. It was merengue in the living room. It was, you know, the congas came out. Her brothers got on them. You know, it was laughter. It was her grandparents that she loves and miss so much. May they rest in peace. They were there. And, you know, she just had the connection that day or this time of year that she didn't have throughout the whole year. So she wanted to make sure that since that was her happiness anchor from her tumultuous childhood, that that she kept that happiness anchor growing up. And I understood it so much when she explained it that way. But I also understood that most people, again, tradition and projection, pass on many things. And in addition to passing on the tradition of feeling good through that holiday time, she was also passing on the tradition to me by saying, celebrate the pause of my abuse with me. You going to Jamaica on Thanksgiving, you deciding to stay home or you deciding to make something small for just you and your husband or you deciding to stay asleep and not even acknowledge the day, you deciding just not to honor my version of tradition, my happiness anchor, okay? That to me read, you're deciding not to celebrate the pause of my childhood trauma with me. That's how I took it, okay? With my eyes, with my third eye, with my my professional opinion, that's how I took it. And I understood her so much more when she said that. And going forward and when I became a life coach and became a speaker and have clients who give me similar recounts of why they dislike, despise, or love the holidays, it is often attached to a tradition or trauma or both. I say that to say, before you're passing something on to your children, Understand your intentions as to why you're doing so. Are you doing it because you want to celebrate the pause of your pain? Because that's what the holidays did for you. It literally brought people together for a moment in time. And that time was filled with something that it wasn't filled with the whole entire year. Is that a reason to decide to make your kid feel guilty for staying at college for the holiday season? Is that a reason to make your children, friends, or family feel guilty for deciding to sleep on Thanksgiving? Because let's be clear. While some of you have amazing lives and cushy jobs where you don't have to work the next day or you don't work at all or you can go to work whenever you want the next day, a lot of people only have that exact day off. Thanksgiving is another Thursday for other people. And let's be clear, people are tired. People are exhausted. If you work in healthcare, if you work for transit, if you work in the service industry, if you work for the Cheesecake Factory, you most likely you working. I'm not sure if the Cheesecake Factory is really open anymore on Thanksgiving because some places are trying to be humanized, you know, humanize their employees and try not to open during the day or open until six or whatever. I'm simply saying, I know the diner not too far from my house is open. I know they're going to be serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. People work. So a lot of people do not have the need or want to come to your house all early or stay all late or all night or travel from one borough to the next or get on an airplane in that long line. The busiest holiday season travel is always Thanksgiving. Everybody is traveling. Actually, when we went to Jamaica, I always take red eyes. We do like late or early flights where it's amazing and we have the airport to ourselves. So that's a pro tip. Be proactive and say no to long, unnecessary lines. But I digress. A lot of people are exhausted. That is the one day they get to lay down and then they have to get right back up at 5, 6, 7 a.m. and do it all over again. So a lot of people are not interested in filling your traditional needs or your trauma needs because they have needs of their own, fatigue needs, okay? Send me a plate, boo. Send me a piece of that sweet potato pie with the warm crust, the flaky, delicious crust. Send, send it on over and I'll be all right. We need to be okay and understand that people are allowed to break off from your traditional needs to create their own. Okay, church? Okay, saints? Are you okay with that? Because if you're not, you're going to have to get over it. 
You are. Because though you love the holidays, whether it's trauma-based or not, it's none of your business why other people want to celebrate it or don't. And it's none of your business how they choose to celebrate it or not. Do you know how many people dread the holiday season? Because though they're adults now, they're not treated like adults the minute they walk into your house. Mm-hmm. I had to check myself on that for my little sisters. I am one of four daughters and I have two siblings under me that are younger and I have my older sister and I'm the second oldest. I'm technically in the middle and to treat people like adults, though they're your little sister, though they're your little brother, though they're your little cousin, though they're your daughter, though they're your son. We have to understand that we invite people all the time over as adults, but we want to disrespect them like their children that's not something that people want how's your kids your badass kids where your baby daddy where's your husband you ain't married that you girl you done gained some weight boy you skinny do you eat at all oh it's another chick up in here you ain't put a ring on it yet <sighs> you gonna have another baby there is so much invasiveness that comes with the holidays you still on that shit huh you ain't eating yet and let's talk about food We're going to get to blessing the cooks because y'all do some amazing jobs. Let's talk about how a lot of people don't want to be engaged with the holiday season because as we know, the holidays are a time of glutton. And in this day and age in 2018, many are deciding to take their health back. Many are vegans, many are vegetarians, or they're like me, they're vegetarian-ish. I say ish, where they eat meat here and there when a craving strikes, but for the most part, they don't. There is no dairy on their plate. And having to tell, I know for me, as someone who is African-American and Latina, that I don't want meat or I don't want macaroni and cheese because of the dairy or I'm not drinking alcohol today. I know the pressure that comes with that and the full girl, what's wrong with you? Out, girl, one piece of roast beef ain't gonna disrespect, ain't gonna bother you. Not knowing that that is disrespectful and boundary crossing. If I say no meat on my damn plate, I should not have no meat on my plate, and I shouldn't be able to have a conversation about you why I don't want your honey ham now. These things are what keeps people away. Not respecting people's decisions and better life choices for their lives keeps people from wanting to be bothered. Keeps adults from wanting to feel like children. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you have family members who don't honor the space you're in and don't meet you where you're at, that makes you not want to participate. When people want to judge your choices that they have nothing to do with, they don't feed you during the year, they don't see you during the year, and even if they do, they don't pay your bills, so you should be paying them no damn mind when they got something to say about how you raise your children, how you eat and what you eat. That does not make you feel warm and invited. What's wrong with y'all? Mind your damn business. Why are you worried about what people are doing? What about what you're doing? Because if we turn the tables and get petty with you, then we're wrong. We're told don't ruin the holidays. No, no, no. Hold it. Don't say nothing to him. No, big mama. I'm not coming over because I don't want to sit next to my abuser. I know he your nephew, but he touched me inappropriately when we were younger. I don't like that nigga. I said what I said. This is what people have to deal with. Thank God that is not my issue or my story, but I know many people who it is their story where now their kids have to be surrounded by the person who violated them when they were young. And everybody want to do that old, 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 old color, color. uh, How do I say this? People of color sweeping under the rug. We have an issue with addressing things. I don't want to come over because I don't like your daughter. She stole from me when I was younger. She tried to hit on my man. Okay, I don't want to come over because every time I put my purse down, something come up missing. I don't want to come over because I don't like your cooking. I don't want to come over because your house ain't clean for my definition of clean. I don't want to come over because every time I come over, even if I stay for just an hour, I'm told, where you going? You leaving already? What I do is never appreciated versus what I don't do. So if I come over and say, you know what, I'm going to take it on the chin, I'm going to walk up in here and I'm going to deal with this just to show my face, just to make sure my grandmother know I love her, my mama know I love her, my daddy know I love him because it ain't everybody in the family. It's just certain people. So I'm going to try to come over before Ray Ray and them come over and I'm going to try to get in and get out because, you know, my problems ain't my children's problems. So me and my generation might have issues, but my children get along with their generation in my family. So I'm going to put my stuff to the side because my kids really enjoy when they go around my sister's kids or my cousin's kids or the kids from the neighborhood they need that connection and they like it so I'm gonna be an adult and not put my 
family trauma and my, you know, childhood traumas on my children. And I'm going to just show up for a little while. And then I do that and me and my kids getting ready to go. And it's like, you leaving already? This the problem now. You don't never come and stay. You think you this, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, whoa, can you be happy that I'm here? I'm here, honey. I showed up. I said, hello. I pretended. I put my mask on for you. I put my mask on for you. And it's still not enough. Collard greens and chaos. Potato salad and pain. Oh, my goodness. Greens and gossip. Everybody want to talk about everybody. And I'm telling you this because I'm guilty of it. I've been talked about and I've been the one doing the talking. Let's talk about us who make the holidays miserable for other people. I can call myself out because I'm not that person anymore. Because I used to be. You walk in here, I'm going to talk about your ugly ass kids and your kids who don't look groomed and they nose is always running and they always fucking sick. And you out here and your lace front is looking crazy. And, you know, you out here thinking you cute switching and you looking a mess. But I don't know your daily struggles. Who the hell am I? And even if what I'm saying is true, who am I? Who am I? I think I'm better than you. We have to be okay with understanding that we have to sometimes own our holiday shit. Sometimes people ain't coming over because they don't want to be around us. Sometimes they're creating their own tradition, not because they don't want to be around the family unit, but the family unit is toxic and you are the toxic family member. Hell, you the leader of the toxicity group. They don't want to have to argue with you and some people are intimidated by you. Everybody ain't ready for the combativeness, nor should they be. Some people are really nervous to be around you. Some people are really full of anxiety to show up because what you think is jestful and funny hurts them. What you think is, oh, that's just family. We just joshing. Oh, that's just what we do. You know, we like to wrap trauma and toxicity and negativity up in a family traditional band-aid. We like to act like just because it's in the name of family, in the name of being together, that it's okay. It's a joke. But what if it's not funny to them? What if it ain't funny to me? What if I remove my mask and makes me rip your shit off? What if I'm like, oh, this is what you want because this ain't what you want. But I feel like you acting like this is what you want. So I'm going to give it to you. How come when I react to your action, I'm told I ruined the holidays? This is why people don't come over. And this is not just about ranting. This is about reality. I need you to understand that not everybody wants to RSVP for the bullshit. And if the bullshit is wrapped in collard greens, that don't make it no better. Yes, your sweet candy yams are delicious. And when it hit the little salty from the macaroni and cheese, that got the little bubbly crust on it. Ooh, the combination is fantastic. However, I don't give a fuck about calories over my sanity. This is the problem. We put too many things over what really matters. My emotional health matters versus me gaining two pounds in one day. FYI, the average American gains two pounds on Thanksgiving and consumes a minimum of 5,000 calories. This is a fact. Do your Googles, okay? Sometimes you have to understand that what matters to you, sitting there so full that you can't breathe and your jeans don't close anymore, is not more important to me than having a peaceful day. And even if you have no family drama, let's go there. Let's go to the people who are like, whoa, this is a lot. I don't have that issue. I actually enjoy being around my family. I look forward to being around my family, but I just want to do something different. That's what's up. Do it. Do something different. Just because you set your own traditions or recoil the traditions of others doesn't mean there's something necessarily wrong. It could just mean that you want to do something different for you and you have that right to do something different for you. You don't have to succumb to the pressure of people's holidays needs. You have to understand that you saying no does not need anybody's permission. As long as you give yourself permission to say no to whatever, whether it's trauma related or not, that's okay. You're allowed to be honest and brave about your needs and about your sanity. Because let me tell you something. Let me, let me drop a jewel for you. People need to label your honesty and bravery as insanity for them to feel justified in their limited beliefs and stuckness. Because sometimes people feel that if they champion your sanity, they fear it will expose their insanity. 
Did you get what I'm, did you get the jewel that I just dropped? If they champion your sanity, if they say, you know what, girl, that's what you need to do for you. You want to do that for you and your family or just yourself. You know what? That's fine. Cool. Some people feel that if they do that, then it will put a spotlight on them. And they say, well, what have I been doing all this time? Well, shit, I've been wanting to go away or I don't always want to show up. And if she does that, what does that say about me and my bravery? What does that say about me always just doing what other people want me to do? They don't want to see you be in your no. They don't want to see you stand and thrive in your no because that puts the spotlight on them and their mindset that shows them that they don't get to do that. But what they don't realize is if they champion you for standing in your no, it also gives them permission to stand in theirs. Yes, instead of justifying their limited beliefs and stuckness, because that's not what it does. That's how their mindset sees it, but that's not what it is. People need to label your honesty and bravery as insanity, my loves, my beautiful soul unicorns, for them to feel justified in their limited beliefs and their stuckness. Don't allow them. Say no. Say no to people trying to guilt you into doing what you don't want to do. If you no longer eat that, don't eat that and don't have a conversation about it. You owe no one, no explanation. Okay. Your sister's kids ain't allowed to hit on your kids. Your cousin's kids ain't allowed to hit on your kids. You're not allowed to sit there and disrespect nobody else's kids. And no one's allowed to sit there and disrespect you. Let's take a deep breath. Mm, let's take a deep breath. Let's rein it back in. Yes, this was a rant. I feel y'all. Y'all are flooding my DMs like I'm feeling nervous because of this. Or I'm feeling nervous because of that. What should I do? So let's get into some solutions. What should you do? I can't shit all over you and tell you, you know, do this, do that, because I'm not really there with you. I only know what you tell me through our coaching conversations or through our DMs and through our texts and stuff like that. Mind you, that is just your vantage point and your perspective of the situation in your family. That is not their perspective. So I can only go on what you say. So this is general solutions that I'm about to give you. Just stand in your no. So let me help you. Let's 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 start to facilitate these no conversations that I'm going to add to my service list. So if someone comes to you and questions why you don't eat meat or someone disrespects you or your children or your spouse or asks you a question or says a comment to you that you find hurtful and disrespectful. I want you to work on saying the following. You are not allowed to talk to me. You are not allowed to talk about me in that way. You don't have to say a lot, beautiful soul. We often think we got to get a whole bullet point list together. Like, first of all, and what we not going to do. No, you don't have permission to talk to me that way, period. I'm not going to allow you to have this conversation, period. That's it. People think setting boundaries has to be this big production. The problem is we feed into the back and forth dialogue. We, we actually crave getting into the argument because we've practiced so much in our head what we're going to say the next time this person says or does, does this that we feel disappointed when we don't actually get to execute the script that we wrote in our head. But I'm telling you, the script goes out the window anyway when emotions set in. So what you need to do is leave that big script alone and just focus on one sentence. This We are not having this conversation. You have to let people know how to treat you teach people how to treat you you are not allowed to talk about my children you are not allowed to discuss my food choices my weight my size my looks my man my woman my blank is not up for discussion thank you cousin and if all else fails after you set your boundary and someone wants to push it oh because people do because people take boundary setting as a challenge because what happens is if I set my boundary I set this line in the sand and you cross it. That is you telling me that you don't respect me and you want to control me and the situation. Your ego button has been pushed and you don't like being told no. And now you want to push back harder. What you need to understand is instead of getting involved in going back and forth, you have the right to make the better life choice to leave. A lot of us always want the person who pushes our buttons to be the one who gets up and leave. But most likely, those are the ones who will always stay around. You have to be okay with removing yourself from toxic situations. That includes family. Family does not get special dispensation to you, for you, about you because they are family. They don't get to claim your sanity. That's your responsibility. Get up and leave. 
get up and leave. Grab them kids, get that coat and get up and leave. And yes, the kids might be mad at you because I used to be. But I I realize now that my mother was protecting her sanity and ours. We would be having fun in the back rooms, but in the front rooms with adult shit, it was popping off. Whether she was right, wrong or otherwise, she was a part of it. And instead of perpetuating it to where it got to where folks were throwing them hands because it can get there and folks were really assassinating characters past the level of return, she would flee. Enter fight or flight, which most people do. And sometimes flight is the right choice because we think that fight is always the right choice and it's not necessarily so. What do you want to do with your sanity? What price is on your sanity's head? Often alcohol and drugs are really involved in the holiday seasons, which makes things 10 times worse. So often you're not even talking to someone who's coherent. Let's talk about the intoxication of food. You're talking about, say, for instance, no one even drinks uh, any liquor or smokes anything or takes any pill. Some people are intoxicated by food. They're eating all day. They're carbohydrates. These people just want to purge something. People are just full of a whole bunch of shit come the holiday season. You might not be talking to someone who is on the same playing field as you, yet you want to argue back with them because you feel disrespected, because you have a trigger that was pushed, an internal one or an external one. Okay, you have to understand that external triggers are outside of your body. Those are the people, places and things outside of you that you choose to participate in. You don't have to let external triggers ignite you. The internal ones are the ones we have to deal with the most. Those are in our head. Those are the voices in our head. Those are the feelings in our bodies. Those are more important. Let those be the reasons that you're stressed out and trying to figure things out. out. Not other people, not uncle, not auntie. Do what you need to do for your sanity and stop wrapping, you know, the justification of the breakdown of your sanity in the name of family, in the name of food, in the name of beverages. You like Big Mama's cooking so much, get her recipes and cook for your household. That's something that I had to do when I was on my whole like I'm doing my own traditions. I did that for like five years straight. I was craving my mother's food and I was like, you know what? I'm an adult who has money and who knows how to cook. I'm not going to put my sanity in jeopardy just because I want some candy yams. I'm going to take my butt to the store. I'm going to call my mama. I'm going to get her recipe and I'm going to cook it. And I did. And I made a nice small dinner for me and my husband. And it reminded me that I didn't have to conform to things just because I missed the taste of something. Your sanity is worth more than the taste of something. You can buy your own Grey Goose. You can make your own cocktails. You can be your own bartender. You can play your own spade game. You can have a Friendsgiving. There are so many people who don't have a place to go. Why aren't you unifying and getting with people like that? Why aren't you doing a Friendsgiving? Why aren't you understanding that family doesn't necessarily mean DNA? A lot of us are calling people family that are just relatives. Relatives and family are not the same thing. Your family is who you choose and who chooses you back, who loves you back to life, who sits there and respects you and gives you reciprocity. If you're not getting that, then that's not your family. Just because y'all share the same last name or the same father, mother, or DNA sample, that's not your family. Who's your family? Get with your family. For those of you who have no one, who feel like, you know what, I get extra depressed around this time because I'm grieving. We mentioned grief. There are people who have lost loved ones who, for them, these times are nothing but full of sadness and pain. As someone who works during the day at their nine to five in healthcare with hospice patients and families, I see death every day. As a matter of fact, a few hours before I recorded this podcast, I was at my nine to five and I was in the home of someone who's dying. And I had to sit with the family and explain the benefits and explains what's going on for their mother. And it is November. The mother's birthday is two days after Thanksgiving. And she might not even make it to Thanksgiving, which is in a few days. And she might not make it to her birthday, which is a few days post. There are people really struggling. There was not a sign of festivities in their house. They are going through things. They are alone. It was a mother and a young daughter. They have no one. When that girl's mother dies, it's just her going to figure out next year around this time when her mother was passing how she's going to deal and cope. People are grieving. People are hurting. Not everyone sees this as a festive, jolly time. Be respectful to those people who lost people or who are losing people who are full of grief and remembering the anniversary of the last time they had a Thanksgiving with someone. 
And let's talk about the people who are grieving those who are still alive. Not everyone grieving is grieving the dead. People are grieving lost relationships. There are people who are divorced, who have breakups of friendships, of marriages, of relationships. There are people whose children don't speak to them and who don't speak to their children. There are people grieving friendships. There are people grieving the loss of employment. There are people who are grieving the loss of a home, who are now homeless this year, who had a home last year. Let's be crystal clear that Thanksgiving and the holiday season is full of many emotions for many people. And many people don't have the luxury that we do, okay, of being around, choosing to be around people or not. Some people have no one to be around. Some people are around people they have no choice to be because they're in a shelter. They're not choosing to be with this person at this table. This is all they have. Let's be mindful that though we want things and we want to project things on people and we want to tell people, what do you mean you don't like Thanksgiving? What do you mean you don't like Christmas? What do you mean you don't like the holiday time? Let's be mindful that what we like is not necessarily good for everybody or everybody's thing. And on the flip side, let's be mindful for those of us who don't care for the season, not to be a Debbie Downer to everybody who does. It's about respecting the space that you take up. It's about taking responsibility for the energy that you bring in and out of all spaces. No matter what you celebrate, what you like or you don't like, you have to be mindful that everybody ain't you. You have to be mindful that boundaries are different for everybody. You might want to set boundaries not to come over and someone wants to set boundaries for someone to say, listen, can we at least do this? Can we at least do that? Another solution I always tell people is if you don't mind being around your family, but it can get a little tense, you can set a boundary and say, listen, there will be no heavy topics discussed. Nothing political, nothing about and any, everybody. Listen, your family knows your triggers because most likely they put them there right? Most of us have trauma. Most of us have our inner younger children walking around in our adult flesh, wrapped in our adult flesh. Most of us know what pushes our sister's button, what makes our mother mad, what makes our kids mad, what makes our nephew mad. Most of us know, the majority of us know for our immediate family. How about we make the better life choice? Send a group text. Why don't you be proactive and say something to, to someone? I would love to come over this year, but I cannot participate if the following topics are brought up, if the following attitudes, can we all come in with love and positivity? Use my sandwich technique that I use in coaching. Sandwich, the first piece of bread is positive. Hey guys, I'm so excited for the holiday season. I'm looking forward to showing up. The meat is the quote unquote bad news or all of the heavy things that you want to say in between the first piece of bread. I would love to make sure that I'm in attendance, but if I am in attendance, I would request us having boundaries and not bringing up this, that, or third right? Then you close it again with another piece of bread with positivity. I appreciate everybody's willingness to bring the family together and grow together and evolve together or just be one. This is a beautiful time of year and I'm looking forward to spending it with you guys. You have to be clear. Speak your needs. Speak your connection needs. Speak your holiday needs. Speak your needs. Speak your needs to those who you choose to be around. And be prepared for needs to be spoken. This ain't all about you, boo. This is not all about you, and that's something I had to learn. I had five years off of the holidays where I'm like, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. And my mom was like, okay, you've had your time. Are you able to come back and rejoin me? Are you able to give me some, you know, holiday tradition? And you know what? I was, and I am, and I'm looking forward to being with her and my father and my sister and her kids and my husband this holiday season. Why? Because I took the time to do what worked for me. I set my own traditions for the last few years. So I feel free. I don't feel oppressed. I don't feel like I'm forced to. I'm actually engaging by choice because I took my time into doing what I wanted to do so that I gave myself room to miss and enjoy what my mother wanted me to do. You're allowed. You're allowed to be told that you need a boundary. You don't always have to set it. You have to receive them too. Receive someone's boundary when they say, please don't talk to me like that. Or please don't talk about that. Don't suck your teeth and roll your eyes and be like, oh, you just sensitive. Understand that you could be in that shoe too. You have to learn how to receive these boundaries and set them. It's not enough just to set them. I, I believe in your ability to receive boundaries. We have to talk about the people who need to receive the boundaries, the ones who make it difficult for people to enjoy. Anything family related, not just now, any barbecue, any birthday party, any anniversary party, any wedding, you might be the toxic person in the room. 
Are you? Are you the reason people don't want to come over? If someone tells you that they don't like how you speak to them, whether you deem them sensitive or not, that is a red flag. That is someone telling you that you're the boundary crosser. Whether you agree with them or not, you don't have to agree with somebody to respect their boundaries. Why do people believe that because you don't agree, that means I don't have to comply? Compliance is not contingent on agreement. I don't like the way you do this. Doesn't mean you agree with that person. That means that you love them enough to say, I will take a look at my behavior because it bothers you. I will take inventory to see how I can address what you need to be done. And I will circle back to you. But in the minute, I will press pause on it all together. That's all you need to do. Shut your ego down this holiday season. If you're choosing to be around people, be around them by taking responsibility for the energy you bring in and out of room. Is that so much to ask? Huh, beautiful soul? I hope not. I hope not. For those of you, I'm going to go back to social media really quickly before we get out of here. For those of you who will be judging your life based on the lives of others, I need you to chill. I'm passing you a virtual chill pill right now. Many people will be looking at other people's families and friends and will be comparing their life to what they see on their screen. Be crystal clear. A snap a one minute video, even a YouTube video is a snippet into the lives of the people you're watching. And even if they're June Cleaver, even if they're the Brady's, even if they're the Cosby's prior to, you know, the sex scandal, if they're the Cosby's in the eighties, do not assume that everything in their life is great. But even if it is, like I said, that's none of your business. That doesn't mean your life is any any less great because you see what's on the screen and you want that. And if you want something like that, create it. We're so busy yearning for what other people have, but we don't want to do the work. We don't want to walk in their shoes to get what they got. We have no idea what it took for what you're watching on social media. You have that external trigger possibly for no reason. You don't know what it took for that family to be happy in that one minute snippet. You have no idea. You have no idea as soon as somebody presses stop or pause what's going to happen after that. You might want something that might not be attainable or good for you to have in the first place. Limit your external triggers. You don't even have to pick up your phone. Put your phone down. How about you enjoy whatever moment you're in? If you're by yourself and it's silent, take a walk. Go to a diner. There are so many meetup groups. There are so many people online. You can go to Eventbrite and find meetup groups. There are so many people who don't do tradition stuff, whether they have family or not. There are so many people doing bar crawls and fun things. I was looking at invites today. I'm even thinking of posting something um, for the holiday season that has nothing to do with holidays. Like for people who don't want to have typical Thanksgiving and stuff, I'm thinking about doing like, you know, a post or pre like uh, I said no friends given event or something like that I've been asked to do it a few times like can you do something for people who are not really invested in the holiday season and I'm actually thinking about putting something together so in doing the research for it I saw many things in the New York tri-state area and I'm sure wherever you're from Wherever you're listening, they have stuff for you too. There are many options for you to choose. I just want you to choose you, the best version of you, whatever that is. That's what I want for you this holiday season. That's what I want for you this Thanksgiving. I want you to be happy and healthy. And if you're not feeling happy, I want you to honor those feelings. I want you to be grateful. Let's let's switch gears. Let's talk about what we're thankful for since this is Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your honesty, your transparency. I'm thankful for you being here on this I Said No journey. I'm thankful for those who transitioned with me from the Not Your Mama's podcast crew. Hey, y'all, still here. Spoke to Lauren the other day. We got something coming up for you. I think we're going to record an episode soon. Yeah, definitely before the new year's out. I thank you for being here. I thank you for trusting me with your feelings and your emotions. Mm Mm-hmm. I thank you for listening to me rant and stutter and not speak proper English and be righteous and ratchet and, and, and encouraging and not encouraging. I thank you for loving and not loving. I thank you for being you. I thank you for coming to my safe space all the time and being a participant. I'm thankful for life. I'm thankful for everything. Ooh, child, everything. I have seen some things. I've seen, I've seen some things. And I grew up in church and always hearing somebody say, I'm thankful for the activities of my limbs. Hmm. I now know what that means. And I now understand it thoroughly. When I wake up, my limbs are moving. I just, again, as I said, came from a home from a hospice patient who does not have activities of her limbs. She cannot move. 
She cannot move. She can barely talk. And I don't know if you know, when people are on their way out of the flesh world, the last sense that goes is hearing. This is why they tell you if someone's in a coma or someone's down to talk to them, sing to them because they can hear you. She heard me when I told her that I will pray for her. She squoles my hand. She can't walk. She can barely move. She doesn't have activities of her limbs. But guess who does? I do. And I'm thankful for that. For every ache and pain, my back hurt, my neck hurt, my knee is popping, it's stiff. Every time the rain or snow come, my knee hurt. But guess what? I still have activity. My voice works. I still talk to you. I can hear you. I can type back when you type to me. When you call me and say, I want to book a session, I can respond and say, okay, I am blessed to be here. I am blessed because you're here. I am thankful for you. I'm thankful for this journey. I'm thankful for what's to come, the unknown. I'm thankful for our bravery together. I'm thankful for your trust in me. And I'm thankful for you being here for me to trust you. I am thankful for when you press play. I'm thankful for you laughing at me. I'm thankful for you laughing with me. I'm thankful for you championing me. I'm thankful for you telling me what I could do better. I'm thankful for you suggesting what you want to hear. I am thankful for your presence, you beautiful, souled, unicorn. I am going into this holiday season with the best intentions possible. I am going to love. I am going to laugh. I am going to eat a little bit. Yes, I'm going to eat a little bit. I'm going to enjoy my mama's delicious cooking because she deserves my presence. She asked for it and I'm going to give it to her. And the fact that she wants to still cook for me, that she still wants her children to be around her is something I'm also grateful for. There are many children and parents who are not speaking. Mm -hmm. There are many people who don't have a relationship and my mother is still here. There are many mothers who are not here any longer. Many people are grieving. My mama, my dad are here. I'm going to love on them. I'm going to be the family bartender as per always requested. And I'm going to make them their favorite pina coladas, extra strong, extra strength. And I'm going to thank her for being the family cook and the matriarch. Thank you, cooks. Thank you for all of you who take the time to love us and nurture us through the kitchen, who tell us you love us by what you put on our plates. Thank you for always being those people who make sure that the family has nourishment and sustenance. I thank you. Thank you to everybody who provides. You know, this holiday season and every holiday season is very expensive, whether you know it or not, unbeknownst to you or not. It takes a lot of money to be the person who holds the holidays, who hosts all the time. I want to say thank you to the cooks and the hosts. Thank you to the people who buy the napkins and the paper plates and the cups. Thank you to all of those who contribute, who buy the good, strong aluminum foil, not the 99 cent version. Thank you for those who allow us to bring Tupperware. Thank you for those who uh, alert us ahead of time that they're bringing someone. Thank you for bringing something. Thank you for being a contributor. Thank you for honoring those who allow you to eat and allow your children to spend the night and allow you to dirty their home and allow you to make a mess. Thank you for the dishwashers. Thank you for the store runners. Thank you. Thank you for those who keep our cups full. Thank you for those who allow the children to stay not only for the night, but for the whole weekend. Thank you for the aunties and uncles who pull the children to the side and reprimand them and tell them to get it together. And you're not going to be treating my sister and brother like that. Thank you for the village. They say it takes a village. Thank you. Thank you for those who champion us to um, choose our own tradition. Thank you for those who don't mind the Skype. If I don't do, if I don't actually show up and say, whatever you give me, I'm happy that you're here. Thank you for those who are going on vacation and will be on an island loving, loving themselves through the sun worship or who will be in Europe or who are trying something new. Thank you to everybody for just being. I love your being. I love who you are. I love who you ain't. You so am Frank. Andre 3000, hip hop. You know, I got to throw my reference in there. I appreciate you all. Set your boundaries. Set your boundaries. Receive the boundaries. Receive the boundaries. And make sure you tune in to another episode of I Said No, the podcast. I will be back. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go enjoy my holiday season. But you know I'm going to be here. You know we're going to holler at each other. You know we're going to talk to each other. I love you for listening. I love you for setting boundaries. I love you for saying no. If you need me, you know where to find me. Yes, I will be with my family. But you are my family too. 
And you know, I'm probably gonna have my phone in my hand some type of way anyway, taking pictures and videos of these kids driving me crazy, climbing on me. You know, I'm gonna have my phone in my hand. So if you need me, DM me. If you need a moment of encouragement, if you need a moment, a moment, I said just a moment now, don't be, don't be hitting me up trying to keep me on the phone the whole time. If you need a moment of inspiration, if you need a moment of encouragement, if you need a moment of bravery, if you need, if you need a moment of sanity, I'm here for you. I was last season for my clients and I will be that way again for you. I am thankful for you. Gobble, gobble. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye, guys. Beautiful souls, thank you so much for listening to the Thanksgiving episode of I Said No, the podcast. By now, you already know the hashtag is ISNPod. Make sure you use it when you're retweeting, when you're posting all of the episode love for me. I love you so much and I appreciate your presence here. No matter what you do this Thanksgiving day, I want you to say no to things that don't serve you so that you can say yes to all of the things that nourish you. Love yourselves.